Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 24 of our Road to 2023 series. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Shira and Jack. Now we do have a three-week recap to give you today, so let's get cracking into it, Jack. How's your past three weeks been? It's been really good. It's the third week of January now, and we're at the end of the third week which means that we're at the end of week three of our new training block. Since Mm -hmm. I think the last time we chatted, we were wrapping up a seven-day break away from training, which was nice. And the last three weeks have been really productive, like really motivated to train and just making good progression in the gym as well. And I do have quite a few important updates to share in regards to training. Ooh, can't wait to hear them. (laughs) Well, you you already know them, but the listeners don't. Well, remind me, refresh my memory. So previously I was doing two pushes, two pulls, one of those pulls being a posterior chain focus pull, so an RDL and, and some leg curls as well, but also some upper body pulling movements. And then I would have one quad biased leg day and then a, a second pull movement as well. Whereas now what I've changed to is two full lower days. So yeah, basically upper, lower, a push day, another lower day, and a pull. So a five-day split again, and kind of going back to my roots of what was the upper, lower, push, lower, pull. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I've done that is a couple reasons, really. And I've, AJ and I have, of course, collaborated on this. But one, I just really like having two lower body days. And I felt that my lower body could have benefited from some additional posterior chain movements rather than just RDLs and some leg curls. So I've added in machine hip thrust again. I've added in some back extensions, which I haven't done for a while. And those are the major changes. Quad volume is still very similar to what it was previously. And that basically means I've had to combine a push and a pull session into an upper day. And Also, my other push and pull sessions are basically remaining the same. So I think what this will allow is one, I'll enjoy those lower sessions a little bit more. And two, I think my lower body will improve a little bit more favorably while also still progressing optimally in my upper body sessions Mm -hmm. as well. And yeah, I think, yeah, it doesn't mean the split previously was wrong, but it just... I just prefer this way of training. Yeah. And it's great that you've been able to experience both and you Mm. got to give it a solid crack. It wasn't just six days or six weeks. It was like a solid six months of doing that previous split. Mm. And now you know what you respond best to and what gets you the most excited to train with as well. Yeah, for sure. And another thing that I've also changed uh, when I changed the split is the exercise order because previously I was potentially starting with like a a lying cuff lateral raise or a leg extension prior to hack squats. And I've just started with the compound movements again. And the best way I can describe as to why is because I genuinely think that people can benefit from starting with an accessory exercise. Like it, it is dependent on the individual. But for me, I just felt like my battery was at like 50 to 70% after doing that leg extension or the laterals prior to the main Mm. compound movement. And it meant that my progression or just my enjoyment and drive for that bigger movement wasn't really there. 
And that was causing me to like not quite, not enjoy the session as much, but also not really progress as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. An analogy I can almost think of is, you know, when you have a birthday cake and you light a sparkler on top. Mm -hmm. So for example, when you walk first thing into the gym, that's like setting light to the sparkler. And when you first ignite the sparkler, it's going off, right? Sparkles coming out left, right, and center. But then as it goes on, like the sparkles start to fade away. So it's almost like- you're left with the cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, la-di-da, you're only left with a cake, eh? But what I'm trying to say is that you, when you first walk into the gym, those sparkles are going off, but it's like you've almost got like a ticking time before mm. they kind of dwindle away. So when you first start off, you're like, okay, I want to start off initially with a big compound movement to give it my all when I'm sparkling the most mm. and then uh, go on to your accessories later in the workout. But at the same yep. time, it's just so great that you've been able to experience both sides because like you said, different things work for different people. I've even had clients before who, you know, we start off with that initial programming where you start off with your compound and then you taper down to your accessories. But it turns out for them, they actually do much prefer starting off with something like a lying leg curl and then they go into their RDLs, you know, each mm. to their own. Indeed, each to their own. And something that I have changed very recently, probably the final update with training is like I've talked about my left knee a little bit, but basically it's been a persistent niggle. I wouldn't say an injury necessarily since late August. So quite a few months now. And I think my physio and I affect as physio, we've come to the bottom of what might be causing it. And it's basically as per usual with my lower body injuries, some hip instability. And I've got some exercises that I'm doing for that now just to warm up on leg day. But I've also had to switch out hacks because hacks were putting a lot of sheer pressure on the knee. And just to take some load off the knee in that movement, we are switching to safety bar squats, which I actually started yesterday and it felt good. Like I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to enjoy squats because my last experience with squats was in the middle of prep when they were really hard and it was quite difficult to brace and stabilize. You have a bit of PTSD. Mm, indeed. <laughs> but fortunately they moved very well. I was able to lift more than I was anticipating as well. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, how, how well they'll progress because I'll probably keep them in for one to two blocks or potentially even longer if progression is good because yeah, it felt much better on my knee and there's just something about being under the bar as well compared to a hack squat. Mm -hmm. What, just mentally? Mentally, yeah. There's something about it being a free weight and that's why people love the barbell bench press or they like the deadlift. It's Even though I wasn't doing a, barbell, a typical barbell squat, I was doing a safety bar squat, which mm. is in fact a little bit... It's typically harder than a barbell squat, although I'm not actually sure why. Mm -hmm. It's like the load is distributed quite differently. So it's more central i think or it might be a little bit more like a front squat as opposed mm. to a back squat that's what i was thinking too with the hand positioning mm. it's it's kind of similar as to how you would hold the barbell if you were doing a front squat that'll be a good question to ask lawrence on his uh physio podcast i already did actually oh you beat me to <laughs> it man and if anyone doesn't know that podcast we'll just drop a little sneaky plug the general muscle podcast available on all major podcast networks I've been interviewed on that podcast and your interview is about to come out in about two days time. Yeah, it should be released on Monday. So two days from now, which is Saturday. 
And yeah, it was a great chat with Lawrence. I think if you've been listening from the start with these podcasts, uh, which I think most people probably haven't, to be fair. So I discussed everything from my beginning of lifting to my dietetics, my family, bodybuilding, all that kind of stuff. So a little bit more personal than what we might do on here. Um, So yeah, if you want the whole backstory of me and you're interested, then it would be worthwhile to have a listen to that one. And I mean, regardless of that episode, he does a lot of great Q and A's anyway. So yeah, that's more than enough reason to subscribe. Yeah. I can't wait for Monday morning for that to launch and for you to be in my ears in the morning. That'll be certainly be something new, Mm. but yeah, I feel like Lawrence's podcast, it's almost like the rendition of the TBD podcast, but it's the physio version. Indeed. Yeah. It's really cool. I completely agree. (laughs) But yeah, Jack, back to your week. So training, that's changed a little bit for you, but you're enjoying it so far? Yeah, I am enjoying it. And I think with the off season being quite long, it's really important to enjoy the off season, even Mm. if on paper it might be a little bit suboptimal or there could be areas that might be more optimal. And yeah, that's something that I'm factoring into now because... I did get to the end of last year and it was a little bit of a drag at times and I need to ensure that I have that passion there all the time and that drive. Otherwise, that's going to contradict my process or my progress more than a little bit, little bit of suboptimality on paper, Yeah, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I'm very glad to hear that you've got it back. Mm. Thank you. Well, yeah, there's not too much else to say with me. Nutrition's been very similar and I'm eating around like 575 carb, 80 fat, 275 protein on a training day at the moment. Appetite is still, it's still there. Like I'm not hungry for each meal by any means, but it's not really difficult to get any meals down. Probably uh, my breakfast would be the, the toughest meal, which is actually my smallest meal. So I'm glad that I've arranged it like that. And Yeah, the only other thing that I've been focusing on a little bit more is getting in 30 different types of plant sources each week. And because I eat relatively consistent day to day, it means that I need to try and get 30 in within a single day, which is a bit more of a challenge. And yeah, so far I think I'm succeeding, which is good. (laughs) If you've done the math right, you've counted up. If I've done the math right, yes, I can count to 30. Yeah, so far it's going well. The only thing that's interesting is that like I've had to incorporate like a few bits and pieces of different things that uh, are smaller portion sizes. So like I have some granola on my post-workout cake now and I have this nut butter, which has like seven different types of nuts and seeds, which is a little bit of a hack to the system. Bro, you're really (laughs) hacking the system. Do you count your spice mix as well? Yeah, I do. So I think I'm over 30, in fact, now, which is good, which is good. I guess what you did is that you went what, into the international spice aisle and got mm. a whole bunch of different herbs and spices yeah. and then took one of our big empty mocha Kona coffee jars. Yeah. And you've just filled that thing up with all the spice. Yeah, except you, you have to empty it into a big bowl first and mix it and then mm. put it in the jar. Otherwise, it's I learned that the hard way. <laughs> You can't mix it all in that jar. <laughs> she just had to, <laughs> that would be tough. Otherwise, you just have like layers and you wouldn't technically be hitting all of your 30 plants no, in I a wouldn't. day. Yeah. But the side effect of that is I, my fibers come up slightly, mm. which I mean, I haven't really been as regimented with the fiber because I think the 
feeling good about the food I'm eating kind of outweighs uh, the slight spike in dietary fiber. Mm. And I don't, I'm not really worrying about that as much as I was previously. Mm. A lot of the grains I eat are refined grains now to make sure the fiber doesn't go to like a hundred grams a day again, but it is probably within that range of like 60 to 70 uh, Mm -hmm. grams per day at the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. I feel like so far in this improvement season, it's been a lot of different things for you in terms of trial and error. Like you've gone through those phases of obviously trying to keep your fiber lower compared to what it was prior. And obviously to see that had an influence on your blood markers and testosterone levels, you've trialed a new method of training with, you know, perhaps like only having one quad day per week sort of thing. But that's been really cool that you've been able to trial and error these sort of different things and figure out what works optimally and what might work better. Mm. Hey guys, just a reminder that we don't just coach physique athletes, but we do coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. Therefore, if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services, you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com or alternatively, click the link in the show notes below. Yeah, for sure. And I think this improvement season, I'm probably the most relaxed in a good way with like how I approach eating out as well. Mm. Like I'm not really too concerned by being super accurate with meals out. And that's been quite relaxing as well compared to like 2016 or 2017, where I was a bit anal about it. So for example, I went out yesterday with my family and we made pizzas, which was really good. And I just didn't really ate my other meals prior. I just reduced some of the fat in those meals by a small amount, but still had about 12 to 1500 calories left for my evening meal, which was mm-hmm. more than enough to fit a pizza with all the toppings <laughs> and pineapple was definitely included wasn't it <laughs> yes plenty of pineapple yeah but it was my first time using a proper pizza oven and it was it was very very good and guess what this pizza oven wasn't at some you know rich person's house or something it was in the middle of a park mm. that's the first time i've ever heard of a pizza oven being in a park you see like you know barbecues in parks but i've never heard of a pizza mm. oven man yeah well my brother lives across the road so Hence, we knew about it. And this lady actually came up to us and she said, oh, I've lived here for 30 years, but I've never seen this pizza oven. So, (laughs) Well, like, I guess if it's not lit, then what does it look like? Does it just look like some sort of little bear den? Yeah, I guess a bear den. It's an interesting means of description. Well, I'm thinking of like, you know, a big den or a big... Yeah, I mean, even when it's lit, you can't see the fire inside unless you stand in front of it. So you'd see the smoke though, but it would look like a barbecue smoke. But I'm also thinking like, you know, health and safety or like, you know, protection Mm. of the park, like lighting fires in the park. But it is quite cool because to get into the specifics of pizza making here, (laughs) like I didn't realize you you lit the fire inside and then when the fire's been, when it's coals, mm-hmm. you then push the embers and the coals to the back around the edge. Mm-hmm. So that means in the middle, you have this nice big spot for the dough and your pizza mm-hmm. to cook. And like, it's just amazing how quickly it cooks. It cooks in like two to three minutes. Yeah. And then your pizzas, the dough is soft and then it obviously cooks yeah because it's, it's so damn hot it's yeah, like 500 super degrees in quick. There. yeah i used to work in an italian restaurant and they had a wood-fired pizza oven mm. in there and i was amazed when like when a chef was like had to be on it they could make a pizza in like three minutes yeah oh, wild mm. 
Yeah, well, we must. We probably got to visit that park. Should you drop what name of the park? Because I'm sure people are no. going to ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> pizza, <laughs> pizza oven just for us then. Yeah. Well, it could be a nice TVD investment. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about me. How was your week? Man, so these past three weeks. So, yeah, I've definitely got my mojo back and my drive back coming out of that deload period, being back in the gym now. And I just feel so ridiculously strong, man. It's just, it's amazing. After a deload, like, it's just like my fire is lit again. And I just get like these exponential strength gains. It's it's really cool. Like my RDLs right now are just skyrocketing. And I just have like this overwhelming sensation to lift heavier dumbbells. So the past few weeks, like I've gone each week from 44 up to 46. And then last week I was like, I'm just gonna lift the 48s. And it was typical Brisbane, man. Mm. <laughs> if anyone's ever trained at World's Gym Brisbane, it's just like this shack. And you know, it's just one of those gyms that's just open air and just like, you can just go Cold in there worms. and train. But yeah, that's the funny thing is that these big 48 kilogram dumbbells over on this dumbbell rack in the corner, Clearly they had not been lifted in a very long time because they had cobwebs on them and they had like a bunch of dust on them. But you know, I was like, well, it's about time someone put these to good use. So I heaved them up and I was able to do two sets of eight with the 48 kilogram dumbbells for RDLs. Yeah, I felt really strong. And to be honest, like it didn't even feel that heavy. Like I, I had them in my hands and I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it. So this next coming week, I'm actually gonna give the 50 kilograms a crack. Wow. I know, I'm psyched, man. Like I I remember back years and years ago doing RDLs and I was psyched when I'd hit like 25 kilograms per hand. I thought that was so strong, you mm. know? And of course, strength is always relative. It's always about what challenges you at that certain time point in your journey. But it's just really cool because I've literally never taken RDLs out of my program ever since you taught me how to do them back in like 2016. Now it's 2022. And if you're just consistent with the same thing time and time again, and you keep chipping away at it week after week after week for years, like you can get really strong in some movements, which I think is just a testament to not changing your program all the time. You know, just fall in love with just repetition and just getting that little 0.5% better at a movement. And mm. yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more enjoyable than getting stronger at a movement. So mm. you shouldn't really have to vary things up all the time if you are getting stronger, because that should be excitement and incentive enough to stick at it. Yeah. I'm so excited. So this next coming week to have a 50 kilogram dumbbell in each hand, I can confidently say I've never done that before in my life. And Find that my... Maybe we'll see an Instagram post. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a sneaky little vid A. But I find that my dumbbell RDLs are actually the same strength as my barbell RDLs. And would you say, is that is that normal? Or do you think that's like you're supposed to be stronger on barbell? I think you, like, let's reverse it to me. Like, can you see me having 90 kilo dumbbells each hand? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think most people aren't quite as strong in dumbbells because there's an mm. extra level of coordination required because you're holding your weight in each hand it's Mm. like the difference between dumbbell bench and barbell bench yeah yeah well then maybe i need to level up my barbell Barbell. rdls because this past week i did 102.5 for two by six well technically you are lifting more than a little bit more six and a half kilos more but then if i've got a 50 in my hand you haven't done the 50s yet but i'm going to do them (laughs) it's two days away i'm already envisioning it 
but maybe I need to up my barbell game. Mm. Who knows? But my goal for this year, I've written it on the World's Gym 2022 goal board. Have you seen all the, the rude resolutions there? Mm, no, I haven't seen any okay. rude ones. Yeah, some people have put some inappropriate ones on them. Oh, well, maybe you need to put a little bit of elbow in mm. there and just scrub that one out. <laughs> but hell, if it's a goal and they're after I mean, to achieve it. One of them was like to see my penis again. So maybe like it was... That Maybe is a, a big goal for that is a big goal for someone. Like, you know, I've I've genuinely had conversations with people like that before who like Oh really? Yeah. Because, you know, if you can't see your genitals, it usually is a sign that you do have a bit of stomach distension and a bit of extra abdominal fat. Mm. And like to actually look down and be like, Oh, there they are. Right? It can be very motivating for people. I bet. Each, yeah. each to their own. Anyway, back to the RDLs. <laughs> My goal for this year is to lift 120 kilograms for at least a set of six and did the math. And as long as on average, I add about two and a half kilograms per month, I should be well on track to be able to do that by the end of the year. And uh, I think that's really cool because we'll both be adding 20 kilos this year or the goal of adding 20 kilos. Yeah, you'll be getting up to 200. Because yeah. I remember when you taught me how to do them back in like 2016, I think at that time you were lifting like 110 or 120 mm. and I took Snapchats of you and I was like, my boyfriend is so strong. <laughs> and who knows, six years later, I'll be equaling that strength, which is kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But this next coming week, that's um, basically my main goal is with those dumbbells. And other than that, training training program is still the same as my previous mesocycle. So I'm just doing two lower, two upper. And then I have this fifth day. And I actually put up uh, a little Instagram poll out on my story the other day talking about how I haven't quite found a name for this day yet. Like I'm not sure if it's an accessory day or a weak point day. A lot of people called it a focus day, mm. which I thought was kind of cool. Someone called it a touch-up day. I call it a density day. Density. Dude, every day's density day. If every day ain't density day, then what are you trying to do in the gym, bro? Mm. should tell AJ that then. Every day, density day. Um, but what would you call it? So, so this fifth day of mine, it is a day where I just add on additional training volume to muscle groups that I need to prioritize over others. Mm. So for I just call it a weak point day. Yeah, but then someone replied to me and they're like, no, Tierra, you're strong. You're not weak. Uh, so it's like a men can, mental anyway, thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can still be s strong at a weak muscle group. And mm. yeah, because we mean weak as in physique-wise, not yeah. strength-wise. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't take offense to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically a day where I just prioritize like my quads, my glutes, my triceps, my delts, my abs over other areas that I know are more developed. So for example, like, my biceps or you could just call it my like hamstrings. Workout day five. Yeah. Training day five. <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting, bro. <laughs> Hyped for training day five. <laughs> Get after it. <laughs> but either way, I'm still trying to find a specific day, but focus day is kind of cool. But at the same time, I'm kind of, I'm always focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll get back to this one day <laughs> but i think the only other two changes to my current training program is one i did add in seated adductions and uh, i almost thought i got away with it like the day after didn't quite feel it and i'm like oh man like maybe like adding in this new novel stimulus like maybe i will get away with not feeling super sore from it because 
I do, you know, like full range of motion lunges and Bulgarians and deep leg press and everything that targets your adductors already. But I know that like, I definitely need more meat on my thighs, particularly in the middle. So I need bigger adductors. So I've decided to add in three sets of adductions per week, but the second day, so it's like that 36 to 48 hour period afterward, I was like, oh boy, no, I I didn't get away with this. So Mm -hmm. I definitely felt it. My adductors were very sore, but that was a very good indication that, hey, like this machine actually works. (laughs) Because in the past, I feel like I've I've done it before, but not consistently, but I've always just kind of like felt it in my hip flexors, strangely, or just felt it in my groin. I never really felt it in my adductors, but definitely do now. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do it each week as well. Mm. And do you just do it once per week? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I do adductions on one leg day and then abductions on the other leg day. Mm. Yeah. So that's a good addition now. And the only other thing I've changed is actually I've slightly modified my leg press because I added in leg press quite a number of months ago, but I did it right when I started dropped my training volume down from three sets for most of my lower body compounds down to just two working sets. And at that exact same point, that's when I added in bilateral incline leg press because previously I was doing single leg leg press at a different gym. But I went straight into that and I was doing two working sets and I was working in like a six to 10 rep range. But the thing is, Jack, is that like, I feel I hadn't quite earned it because I just added in that movement and I was trying to train with a really high intensity and I just don't feel like I'd earned it because for my other movements, like my RDLs or lunges or Bulgarians, I'd been doing those for months prior, like working up to a very high level of intensity with three sets. So I'd felt like I'd earned that right to drop it down to two sets. But uh, with leg press, I just wasn't really feeling it, man. Like Mm. I was, I was able to do it like I was lifting a decent weight within that rep range for only two sets but I wasn't getting the best connection with my quads and also like the reps were just really slow they were like a freaking grind so what I've actually decided to do is modify my leg press and I've decided to do three sets and actually work in a higher rep range I've adjusted my foot stance so it's not as high on the platform and I've brought it closer down the platform and my feet closer together and working at a much faster pace. Cause I've watched you and Damo and other guys with really good quads do leg I think press. When you mean faster pace, you mean like a controlled eccentric, yes. but no rest pausing. Yes, exactly. Because before I felt like with my feet too up high on the platform, lifting a really heavy weight that yes, I could lift. Like I'd bring my knees down to my chest and I'd push back up for my dear life. But then like I needed a few seconds before I was able to do that again. Mm. But now I've adjusted it. So I'm doing three sets. I've increased the rep range actually from up to 15 to 20 reps using only a slightly lighter weight. Like it's only like 30 kilograms less, but just like actually freaking pumping them out. And like, I just get such a better pump and connection and I, I enjoy the movement a lot more. And mm. I think it's a lot more efficient for me with my quads. And I think perhaps in future, I'll go back to just doing two working sets, but I feel like I, I really need to earn that right. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. I think there's two sides to it. Like you're used to training in those higher rep ranges. Mm. So potentially that could influence it. Um, mm. And it's a new movement as well, as you said. Mm. But I personally think having some rep ranges in the 
six to 10 is very beneficial. Mm. And also you are very type one fiber based, not really type two compared to me, which very type two dominant, which I kind of excel at six to 10 reps. And that's my preference. Mm. As, as you know, I don't really enjoy 15 to 20 reps unless it's on a chest fly or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But those are kind of just the modifications to my training right now, but all else, it's just, it's going really, really well. I'm just feeling really strong and very driven again. And it feels just good to have that, that mojo back and be back in that routine again. I just, I love that routine that we're in with going to the gym five days a week and just felt a little bit like I was floating in that week off. Like we needed it, but it's really nice to mm. be back into a solid rhythm. Yeah. Our next week off will probably be in uh, Bali. <laughs> What, we're not going to deload until... We'll deload, but I don't think we'll take uh, seven days off training. No, probably not. Hey guys, just a reminder that we post regular content on our Instagram and YouTube channel. You can find those platforms by searching The Bodybuilding Dietitians. See you there. But anyway, that's probably enough for training from you and I. What about body composition? Jack, did you mention how much are you weighing right now? About 88, just over 88. Yeah, and has that increased in the past few weeks it has we're going for quite a not a conservative but sticking to one percent body weight per week per month um so like around 800 to 900 grams per month which yeah is quite controlled and Mm. it means that we don't really have to change food very frequently yeah because you're on a good amount which is great so when you were in your deload compared to now do you know what the body weight difference is there over these past three weeks well, in my deload, I lost a decent amount because of just fluid. Mm. So it was about a kilo difference, but not much aside from that. Like factoring out the body weight loss from that, maybe about four to 500 grams increase mm. in three weeks. Yeah, that's what I found as well. That deload week, my weight was very consistent, didn't really change. I think I dropped nutrition by like 25 or 50 grams of carbs, depending on how active I was during the day. But that week of deloading and the very first day that we got back into the gym, my weight was 68.7. But then the day following after that first initial leg session, it jumped right up to 69.4. But then these past three weeks, it's just been hovering around that. Like this morning, three weeks later, I was 69.6. So it's almost like that just additional kind of stress from training just makes me retain that little bit extra mm. compared to when I'm just totally chilled out for a week, not doing all of that resistance training. Yep. Yeah. But either way, my body weight right now is sitting at 69.6. And it's been, like I said, hovering between 69.4 to 69.6 for these past three weeks. So I'd say that that's a pretty good spot for me right now to be kind of just maintaining this weight because in the coming weeks, I will be starting my dieting phase, which is good. And I want to be starting it around this body weight. Like that was the plan all along to be starting Mm. between that like 69 to 70 kilogram mark. I personally just don't think it's warranted going above this body weight, (laughs) at least for now. Uh, But you know, in the future, that might be a different story. I just feel like my, my body just looks so freaking different right now at this body weight compared to what it's looked like before, which I, I love and it's, it's super exciting. And I'm, I'm just really excited to actually start my dieting phase in these coming weeks. And then my goal is to push down to 64 kilograms and compare that 64 kilograms to what my 64 kilograms looked in my past prep 
because I think it's going to look significantly different. Mm, so do I. Yeah, I think these past six to seven months has really paid off for both of us with uh, the improvements we made to training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just living and breathing like bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much me in terms of body weight. So yeah, I just want to keep holding this. And I've been holding this by just maintaining the same macros. So I'll just stay on these same macros for this next week. But macros haven't changed in months. It's just 180 protein, 60 grams of fat, and 400 grams of carbohydrates. So just maintain here and just continue to feel hella strong. Mm. Fingers crossed, I hope. Jack and I keep making jokes about uh, who's going to catch the spicy cough first. Because <laughs> it seems like everyone we know around us has caught it. But who knows, dude, are we just indestructible? Well, we're just immune, just like the dogs. The dogs <laughs> don't catch it either. <laughs> no, we're just making jokes. Like It's almost a matter of when, not if. It's almost inevitable, but we'll keep holding on. Mm. And for the sake of the algorithm, I won't say too much. No, I don't know if it picks up spicy cough. <laughs> Hopefully not. We'll tell. We'll see if this episode plummets. Oh, man. Um, but other than that, you know, things have been good. Work's been very busy these past few weeks, particularly like, you know, the new year, right? Just like surge of clients, like everyone just wants to get after new goals for 2022. So right now I do have a few clients preparing for season A, which is very exciting so like chloe and kate like kate's doing ifbb bikini and she'll be doing icn sports model and fitness and then chloe's doing ifbb bikini kate's like 11 weeks out now chloe's 12 weeks out Mm. both respectively from their first shows so well over halfway through the prep very exciting it's gonna be here before we know it it's very exciting but then also getting a lot of my girls prepared in their pre-prep phases right now before we start prep for season b later this year so Mm. It's all happening, very busy. So work weeks are very busy, but still finding time for myself each week, at least like a half day, either on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon where I can just have a little bit of time to myself to just chill out, clear my head. If it's low tide, take the dogs out to the uh, to the dog beach. So um, yeah, that's really important to me. At least have half a day just to me per week. So just kind of to recuperate. That's too much, Tierra. You should be working more than that. <laughs> oh man, I, I I need it. You know, I just I need that. I love spending time with myself out in the sun and with the dogs. But dude, that actually reminds me. I got a fair share of abuse last Saturday. So I was pulling out of the dog beach and you know, like just wrapped up with the dogs, this beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon, just happy as can be. And I was pulling out of the parking lot and it's on this big road, right? And people are pulling in with their dogs and you know, there's there's a boat ramp very close by and the road itself, it's 80 kilometers an hour. But you know, people don't generally go 80 kilometers cause they're like, you know, just cautious of other people around. Either way, it's pulling out and I look to my right and there's this person coming around the bend and I'm like, oh, okay, they're pretty far away. I'm just gonna pull onto the road and keep driving. So I pulled out and then this dude was going way faster than I thought. And he sped up behind me and then he twisted around me. So he had to swerve around me and then went in front of me. And uh, I actually kind of chuckled because I was like, geez, this dude's really in a rush. But then he had to do that typical thing where there was then someone in front of me. So Mm -hmm. then he had to put on his brakes. I'm like, 
dude, you're like, you're not going to get to anywhere any quicker. So anyway, we get up to an intersection, have to stop at the red light. And I'm just there listening to some music, drinking some water. And then this dude in a ute pulls up next to me and he's like, Hey, you, and I look out my window and I'm like, Hey, and he's like, you cut me off. I drive this road twice a day and it's 80 kilometers an hour. You cut me off. And I was just like, sorry. (laughs) You should have showed him the dogs. But like, I was just so chilled. And this guy was like, was like threatening to call the cops. And I was like, oh my goodness Just your me. average day on the internet, really. Yeah, but I was just like, oh, sorry. Like, it's kind of typical Canadian, you know? Do mm. you know the song Canadian Idiot by Weird Al? No, I don't actually. <laughs> You'll have to play it for me. But it's like, don't want to be a Canadian idiot. Don't want to be some beer swill and hockey nut. But they have this line in there. It's like... Break your nose and they'll just say sorry. Please, we might get copyright, so. <laughs> but either way, it's like this Canadian thing. Like, you know, you do something, you just apologize and get on with life, you know? Um, but then You know the that's life... a rendition of another song, right? American Idiot. I'm very aware. Um, but either way, the light turns green and then we both have to drive. Luckily, the dude was going off on a different path. But you he... should have just cut him, cut him off again. <laughs> head out the window and yells lucky you have your dogs (laughs) (laughs) and then I kept driving and I was thinking about this guy and I was like what did he mean by that like lucky I have my dogs like if we got in a collision lucky my dogs are still alive (laughs) and then I was like oh I think this dude was so ticked off that he was like considering getting out of his car and fighting me. And he was like, lucky you have your dogs. Like Sam and Boston would fight back and protect me. <laughs> I was just driving down the highway, laughing my head off because I could get just, anyone who's ever met Sam and Boston know that like, they're just, they're way too sweet and goofy to ever be like aggressive, like towards someone. So mm. But I would, I would hope that, you know, if something ever happened, they would defend me. Yeah, I just can't <laughs> see them doing it. I see them licking the opposition, but not much else. But either way, this guy was clearly having a bad day. And <laughs> that's the first time I've actually ever gotten road abuse. Wow. Yeah. I think the best thing to do in that situation is just to say sorry and move on and wait for the light to turn green. <laughs> But it was so weird because like it was a long red light, so I was just sitting there with my windows down, just drinking out of my VPA shaker. I was just like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah." Either way, not my problem. <laughs> but um, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up, eh? Yeah. All right. Well, Jack, what's something that you want to improve this next week? So I want to hopefully attempt three plates on the safety bar squat. So mm. I did, yeah, one thirty yesterday. And it felt pretty good for two sets of eight. So I want to try 140, hopefully get at least six reps for that first set. Mm, I'm sure you will. I see it as a movement for you that's just going to probably continue to skyrocket like by a good 2.5, five kilograms each week with your confidence. Forever. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. <laughs> but, you know, for a good while. Where do you think it'll cap off at on that progression? Mm, probably around 160. Wow, that's quite a lot. Well, you're strong, man. You've got strong quads. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Just gotta, just gotta envision it and believe that you can do it. Mm, indeed. Yeah. And I'm very excited to hear what Lawrence has to say about, you know, what's the difference. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, cause what, I've never safety bar squatted that much before. Whenever, mm. when I was at my peak strength last time, I think it was like 120. So I'm a lot stronger now mm-hmm. considering it was literally the first session doing it. 
Yeah. He actually answered my question about why bumper plates are easier to lift or technically easier, lighter to lift than your standard metal plates. Mm. And it has to do with the moment arm and how the weight's actually distributed across the bar. So if it's more, if it's distributed further away from you, then apparently it's slightly easier to Mm. lift. Yep, which is why a deadlift bar is better than a standard bar. Yeah, but you and I, for like our RDLs, we just use the metal plates. Like, you know, if we really wanted to itch our egos, then wouldn't we use the bumpers? Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I know you lift with your ego, but I don't. Yeah, right. (laughs) Anyway, what do you want to improve upon this week? Mm, I think I I said, mentioned mine with, I just want to hold 50 kilograms per hand for my RDLs and uh, hinge that shiz. (laughs) Just hold them. (laughs) Well, that's, that's kind of a feat in itself. Like... Uh, whenever I post these things on the interwebs, like I do get a lot of like replies to them, but a lot of them have to do with people who are just like, how the hell do you actually hold those things? Because I think that's probably a limiting factor, as we've spoken about in previous podcasts, is just grip strength mm. for people. And um, well, a lot of people, you use chalk and straps. A lot mm. of people just use straps or just chalk. Yeah, so not both. definitely double up, but you know, you got to get credit to our hands, man. Like you and I have some strong ass hands. Yeah. Or maybe some people just genuinely have small hands. Like yeah. imagine trying to grip, even if you're strong, like if you have tiny hands, imagine mm. trying to grip a 50 kilo dumbbell in small hands. It's like using fat grips. Mm. If the handle is really wide and your hands are small, yeah. it's harder to grip. So. But either way, like I do think that you and I have strong hands. Yes, we're, yes, I will beat you in an arm wrestle. <laughs> but the cool thing about hands is that like grip strength, that hands are strong, but like, I don't think over the years my hands have hypertrophied. Like, obviously, it's got a lot to do with, like, my forearm mm. muscles and stuff like that. Well, they like do that. look a bit hairier than usual. Maybe that would be it. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> please don't share the secrets. <laughs> Still natural, I swear. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, either way, strong hands, man. Not complaining. But, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to just, just hold those in my hands. It, it Just holding a weight in your hands, it does feel very powerful. Mm, but I, I would be more impressed if you actually lifted it, not just held it. Well, I'm going to do double, my man, and I'm going to get you to watch. <laughs> Form check. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks very much for tuning in. If you did enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag TBD, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>